0: Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Martin Tronquit. He is the managing partner of InfoMenio. They do offshoring, but it is different. They, in fact, do brain-shoring. And this is, Martin claims, the higher end of offshoring services. And Martin himself has a background in management consultancy, and he saw a need for supporting the management consultancies with high end services. So Martin went about building this business and it has blossomed over the last few years. So it's a really interesting story. Also, Martin Martin, the staff are based in Morocco, Egypt, Mexico, and soon Malaysia. And these are, you know, higher end, higher capability staff. And so it's really interesting to see that these emerging outsourcing destinations are getting a lot of opportunity in those areas. And it's interesting to hear Martin's justification on each of those countries. Uh, He has a number of factors to consider when choosing his destinations significantly. One of them is language, uh, multi-language capacity, and also time zones. So I certainly learned a lot from Martin in this conversation and how higher-end professional services can be supplied offshore with great results. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory, we help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside Outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Martin, welcome to the show. You've done a white paper on brain shoring. What exactly is brain shoring?
1: Hi Derek, nice to meet you, and thank you for the uh, the invitation. Um, yes, brain showing is a concept that uh, that I came up with uh, because I realized that uh, what we did in the in the company that I started, is for my new. Did not correspond to any of the categories of of brainshoring that uh, that existed. Um, in short, you know, in 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 uh, in offshoring, you had initially the call centers and the BPO, which was rather low value add type of services, and then emerged uh, another uh, range called KPO, where it's knowledge process outsourcing. And basically, it's more complex services. But what we tried to do was even higher than that. Uh, um, Type of services where it requires our staff to be creative, to have critical thinking, to say no to clients, to have constant dialogue and so on. And that wasn't captured by the KPO concept. And that's what we do with with, with brain shoring. And the idea really of of brain shoring, as the name um, tends to indicate, is that People are not looking to outsource a process, and not just looking for, uh, in in a certain way, brute force, but rather really for brains, for neurons. And you know, there is a a, a lack of uh, talent in in all these developed economies at the moment. And why not leverage the emerging economies also to access uh, to access these brains, people that have um, very strong training uh, in the best business or engineering schools in those countries, so that they can be leveraged by by these multinational companies. Companies. So that's, in a, in a nutshell, what I mean by brain drawing.
0: Got it. And uh, this is what I find really exciting about the industry. You know, as you say, it did start with more basic functions 20, 30 years ago, and it was uh, high repetition, uh, low sort of capability, capacity functions, and then it evolved into higher functioning roles. Uh, and you are rightly charting the sort of progression of the sophistication of the industry going Uh, up to the level of brain-shoring, as you refer to it. So uh, really, really interesting. And with any organization, though, Martin, you know, it's probably fair to say that you need some very high-level thinkers, strategists, and people that can say no, as you say. And then you also need, you know, people that are doing the grunt work and then kind of everything in between. Would you suggest then that people would use specific brain-shoring services just for the high end services or you know and go to other suppliers for other needs or how how would that sort of fold into an organization
1: yeah, that, that's that's correct. I mean, th- there's two ways to answer that. First of all, yes, every company needs to have thinkers and th- and so on. But some companies have them at you know at the top of hierarchy. Whereas in brainshoring, you need to have the thinkers at the ground level. They are the ones going to deliver the work uh, that 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 you you want. And and you know, typically you would do activities like research, graphic design, and the creativity will come not from the managers but from the analyst or the juniors you have uh, in the team um, and and yes to your point around when it's basic do you go to a brainshoring company the answer is clearly no you you would uh, segment your needs and you'd go for the high level um, you know complex work to your brain sharing supplier and when it's volume price driven uh, work then you would go for a Kpo provider interestingly at, at info we work a lot with the the, the strategy consultancies and what they tell us is they work with us when it's highly complex and with high stakes. And when it's more basic, they would go with uh, with KPO providers. And in some cases, by the way, uh, they ask us to manage uh, uh, the KPO providers on their behalf. So yes, they segment very clearly uh, what they do brain shoring, uh, when they do brain shoring and, and, and when
0: they do KPO. Got it. And again, it's a nice distinction because there's so many businesses out there, so many clients out there that think outsourcing or offshoring is limited to the basic kind of functions within a business. But as you say, it, it can be anything from the creative to the you know, graphic design architects, accountants, things like that. What what roles... So you're the managing director of uh, InfinoMayo, is that right? And uh, you, yes, you these, right. yeah. Yes, sorry about that. InfinoMayo. And you offer these brainstorming services. What kind of roles do you typically... Offer. Like what what are common roles?
1: sure um so today we we offer uh three services and we're launching a fourth one uh number one is is data research so essentially when you're in a company you want to make a decision to enter a market to buy a company and so on you need robust information um and and research takes time you need to have critical thinking to judge if the data is relevant not relevant you need to be capable of interviewing people to access you know what people know and so on so that's That's number one of what we do. Uh, Number two is graphic design. When you want, you can have the best insights if you can't represent it in a way that people can understand them. then you know you 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 wasted your time. So really, these things around making your PowerPoint presentations and so on um, is is very uh, very useful. And again, it requires creativity. You need to understand the context of the presentation the clients want to make uh, uh, to be able to 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 provide solutions. Uh, third service is is what we call language services, where you have the uh, visual communication that we just mentioned, but you also have uh, the um, the language communication, you need to, to, to write a, a proper language. And, and and I'm French, for example. My English is OK, but it's not perfect. If I write a paper uh, in, in, in English, it's not going to be perfect. So how about having a native English speaker that is going to review everything? Or maybe I will have written that brain-sharing white paper that is, I don't know, 20 pages and I want to summarize it in three pages. This is typically the service that, uh, that you can offer. And another service that we're launching uh, towards the end of the year is data analytics. Um, really, uh, you know, companies produce a massive amount of information today and very few of them are capable of, of you know, making good use of this data. It could be, I don't know your, hr information your uh, marketing information and so on and you need people to do your analytics and there's no reason that these guys are based in uh, in uh, london Munich, or, or paris they could be based in uh, in casablanca caro melilla as long as they have the same critical thinking ability to process the data and so on it makes sense and by the way that's what infomayo does but in in, in the concept brain showing we could go much further than that Uh, you could do legal services for example you know writing a contract same do you need to write a contract in london or can you do it elsewhere Uh, it could be in science maybe you could outsource some scientific research so the concept is broader than that and maybe just to jump back on on the point that you were mentioning around yeah people become conscious that you can outsource things that are more complex that you did before um so i've been doing infomineo for the last 10 years um but in the last two years, we had tremendous help from COVID um, because people actually realized that you didn't need to be in the same physical space to be able to do this type of complex work. Um, and, and, and it's just a realization to a lot of people. So I think it's it's a strong, uh, you know, uh, win in favor of, of the emergence of brain-shoring where people don't have the same sort of reluctance as, as they had before.
0: And I'm always intrigued where the separation between staffing services Finishes cool. and sort of an agency advisory s- begins, and so would you, would a client come to you with specific needs, and you are providing a service solution, or are you providing the staff uh, who will then fulfill the solution for the client? Uh, do you see the the sort of nuance? How do you how do you manage those things?
1: No, that's a that's an excellent question. Um, I mean. If people ask you for staff, they're in the wrong place. If they ask you for a service, uh, then you're the right place. And by the way, from a, from a business standpoint, it's much, much better because you can control uh, things. So what we sell is a service. You will get research done or you will get design done, but it's not the client's choice to decide if it's uh, Mr. A, Mr. B or Mr. C doing the service. And then, you know, it. it on the one hand, it gives us freedom. We manage our staffing the way we want. Um, uh, we manage our capabilities the way we want. On the other hand, it puts us under pressure that if somebody goes sick or whatever, we need to replace them. Uh, we need to have systems in place, and we need to to package a service. And when you know, in basic services, essentially you just need the time of the person. Um, mm-hmm. When you are in in brainshoring, you need much more than the time of a person. You need databases, you need methodologies, you need uh, quality assurance systems, and, and you need much more. So it's 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 not a bare service. Just the, the calculation I made for, for ourselves is uh, the cost of delivering the service is three times the cost of the person uh, that actually delivers a service, a salary plus, uh, because you have the management, you have the office, you have the subscription you have for them, uh, you have quite a lot of things that you need to put in place. And that means that you can't really sell the person and, and it's not a model that works.
0: Got it, got it. And would the client typically have, are, are they project requirements? Uh, so a sort of three-month, six-month project or are these ongoing functions within a business? And And then if they're ongoing, would they not internalize those roles into their own business. Um,
1: so no, I mean the, the the model that we've chosen to do is is uh, is really outsourcing. So it's uh, permanent. They subscribe to a certain volume of capacity, so not a certain volume of people, but for capacity. We sell packages of uh, like 150 hours per month, and you get a multiple of that. Um, and and uh, and and they outsource. We we have more than 85 percent of our business on that model. It's it's much bus- much better from a business standpoint, but also it creates different relationship with your with your customer because they rely on you for for these services instead of you know using you once in a while and therefore have a model that is not super efficient. Um, this is way more efficient and there's a commitment mm-hmm. from the client. You can learn from them, you can teach into them and so on. And why wouldn't they do that internally? Um, I mean, you can ask uh, Steve Jobs or you could a few years back, why don't uh, Apple manufacture phones? They don't manufacture phones because they're better at doing something else, um, and they don't want to develop a new set of skills on something that is not what they perceive to be the core of their value proposition. And I think the the same thing with uh, with uh, with service. You know, you you cannot be amazing at everything. So if you want to. F- be good, you need to focus on what you're good at and the things you're not so good at that are still critical, just find people that are, that are very good at doing that. And that's, that's what we do. One of our biggest clients are the top global strategy consulting houses. They should be good at everything, but their choice is, okay, we want to be amazing and having consultants, um, you know, creating recommendations for clients. But doing data research is something we won't be able to do. And they do, they have internal teams. But let's supplement ourselves with providers like InfoMineo There that are uh, in other countries that add capabilities, that work with multiple clients. So the rationale for outsourcing is similar to other type of outsourcing.
0: Got it, got it. So it's, it's specialization of services, isn't it? And uh, you're obviously far more adept at supplying that. Uh, And there is a hierarchy approach to it. So you obviously, you're providing the solution and embedded within that is probably sort of the main person's time, but then it's signed off by, by senior people in the firm.
1: Um, Yes, I mean, the way it works is if you want people to do a good job, especially in a Z generation, they need to have freedom and autonomy. So the way I see quality assurance is more like risk management, that it is a systematic assurance on any piece of work. That's an experiment that we've made. If you have somebody systematically having their work reviewed, their work would not be as good as if they think it's going to be sent directly to to the client. and in a lot of cases uh, it's it's you know you get the same level of quality with more efficiency and so on so and and again that's the idea of brain you know the, it's not a process around okay this is going to be done and reviewed once and twice and three times this is okay somebody smart and trained is working with the client on a daily basis and when they they are they have a doubt when their managers think the request is at risk or something, then ad hoc there will be a specific level of QA.
0: Um, so that's that's the that's the approach. And where are you based? You have three countries, you, you have yourself cross three countries and why did you choose those countries as as um, your sourcing?
1: So yes, we are we are based in Morocco where I started. We're also based in Egypt and in in Mexico, uh, and probably next year we're thinking about starting in Malaysia. Um, the, the, the the choice for for brain showing location like ours is is a little different to other offshore activities, uh, the first is really access to talent and access to quality talents. You know, do you have good schools? Uh, do you have a large number of people being uh, trained every year? Are they multilingual? Do they have critical thinking? Is is the culture of the country one where people are okay to say, this is uh, not a good question or, you know, are you, I'm going to waste your time and money doing this and that. I would suggest something else. Uh, so that's, uh, that's number one. Another one is around um, the level of competition on the talents so you want to be in a place where there's not too many companies uh, that do what you do or similar to what you do so you can have uh, stable uh, stable staff and the third point is of course you don't want to package your service make a margin on it and be more expensive than if the client did it uh, themselves they would not go for you for massive cost savings but still they want they don't want to pay a premium. So you need to find that balance. Um, So Morocco is perfect location to serve continental Europe. You have French speakers, obviously English speakers as well. It's close, no time difference with most of Europe and so on. Egypt is amazing to cover um, some of Europe, by the way, because there's a lot of English speakers, but also all of the Middle East. And when it comes to covering the US, uh, Mexico uh, from from our studies is is probably the best location. uh, to be in the same time zone, the client, to speak to them on the phone, to have high quality people and, and, and so on. So that's
0: that, that's rational. It's fascinating, isn't it? There's, there's all of the traditional outsourcing destinations like um, the Philippines and India, of course, and Eastern Europe. But it's really, it's there's no limit, is there, to sourcing high quality staff from across the globe now. And uh, why would you... Do you feel it's better to spread across a number of countries as opposed to sort of focusing on one country? Where do you sort of weigh the pros and cons of um, spreading out far and wide versus concentrating on one country?
1: Um, so, I mean, I don't, I'm not spreading for the sake of spreading. I'm spreading for, uh, for a reason. You, you always have scale effects when you're big somewhere. Uh, so we want to be as big as possible, but I think there's, uh, there's, there's a few elements, one is time zone. Um, I believe in brain shoring. You need to have a dialogue with the client, a live one, so you could not be either asynchronous, meaning they send you something, you take it over six hours later because it was in writing, or you can't be working during the night. I don't know about you, Derek, but um, at 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm much less smart than I would be at 9 a.m. So I have to work in the same time zone as my client. And here you can think about three main areas in the world. One is the Americas. One is uh, EMEA, Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and one is APAC. That's why I want to have presence in those three regions, and I think it's a, it's a bare minimum. Um, then you know why morocco and egypt has two different locations you do that for uh, scalability uh, of on the talents on the specific talent that you want uh, because you're really looking at the top of the pyramid in terms of 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 skills and you'd rather be in multiple countries looking at at the best of the best as opposed to be in one country and discounting on the quality to to get more to get more people and also there is an element about uh, language skills that are that is critical you can't do brain showing only in English uh, because you know to get that I would say icing on the cake in terms of quality uh, you need to to speak the same language as the client Um, um, again either client or as the source so if you want to do research regarding I don't know uh, West Africa not speaking French is going to be a massive issue so you need to have French speakers and if you do research about south america uh, you need to have uh, portuguese and spanish speakers so that that dictates the type of locations you want to uh, to be in and given the pricing in brain showing is much higher than it would be in other services you know having a little more of structural cost of being in multiple countries is
0: something that is acceptable got it and what are the typical candidates like who are you who are you hiring
1: Um, So, so, I mean, it depends on obviously the type of activities that you have, but I would say across the services, um, you won't have obviously people that have very good academic training. Um, And what we've seen, it is more important to have people that have, I would say, general business skills and then train them to the specifics. Of all you want to do, be it research or design or language services or analytics, then the opposite. So you want a generalist that you train, as opposed to an expert that you try and shape into somebody that can have a proper dialogue with a client and so on. Um, and, and and we we, we take uh, so we take we then take rather junior people from the best um, uh, business and engineering schools in in their countries and invade quite, invest quite massively in uh, in the training so that's about i would say the more formal and then there is a question about the the aptitudes and the um here that it's it's there needs to be a sense of client service that is, uh, that is really important because they're going to interact on a daily basis with their clients. So they, they need to be presentable. They need to have, to have the best interest of the client at heart. And also, and that's something that is very um, important is the critical thinking, the ability to say no, to say, okay, this is stupid. I'm trying something. It doesn't work. I'm trying something else and so on. Uh, this is the, this is uh, this is major. And, and here it's difficult to be, saying black or white, but there are some national cultures where critical thinking is promoted. Some national cultures, on the contrary, where you want people to be extremely disciplined and so on, which are not great locations for for brainstorming.
0: With uh, consulting and the like, it's, it's often difficult to first understand the problem, isn't it? And sort of understand the problem from the perspective of the client and really understand their business. Because often, you know, no one understands their business like themselves. How do you make the? I assume the the onboarding process is a really critical aspect of the beginning of a relationship. How do you ensure that there's a successful handover and um, learning process?
1: Um, that's that's a good uh, a good point. Yes, I mean the the. Um... The, the way it works is the dialogue with the client is, is permanent. Uh, it's not like, okay, you, I'm handing over a process. I don't want to hear about you. What, what we say to the clients, you're not getting rid of the problem. You are saving 80% of the time you ha- would have spent on the problem by outsourcing to us, but you will still need to be involved. So obviously there is a proper kickoff with the client and so on. We have a very regular, governance calls where we monitor the quality of what we do, it's often the occasion for the client to explain to us, okay, you did wrong on this for that and that reason, uh, and, and they can explain more. Uh, and then I would say that the, the, the problem solving is not just once and for all when they outsource something, it's also on a ad hoc basis for every request you you would see in the brain showing white paper that we've issued, the the methodology of brain showing is um, rather simple, but still it requires three steps. Uh, Step one is what we call intake. Intake is really understanding what the problem is and it's not one problem. And then you outsource and get a team of 10 people. It's on every question, what do you want to solve for? So let me give you an example. Um, uh, A client will tell you, I want to understand the strategy of PepsiCo in the Philippines. That's mm. not a good enough question. Uh, the type of question that you need to, to get to is, okay, wh- why do you need that? Oh, I need that because I have a local player that wants to beat PepsiCo and understand and wants to understand where they're weak in their strategy. Oh, that's, that's a different way of asking the question. So maybe if the first one was really looking at what PepsiCo says about their strategy, once you get that, that broader understanding, you might say, okay, I want to understand the weaknesses of PepsiCo and maybe it would be better to speak to distributors or to consumers to understand what are the things that are not working well with pepsico in the philippines so you see this problem solving uh, is coming at the intake phase another example would be i don't know you need to do a design for my presentation if you just stay with that okay, you're going to do your best, but if you say, okay, give me some context. Is it something that is going to be printed? Is it going to be a presentation that you're going to give in public? What type of impression would you want to give to people? Uh, is it about being super serious or being super creative or funny or whatever? Give me those indications so I can, you know, then use my brain into providing you a customized solution. And then you go in the second phase, which is around execution where you actually deliver on, uh, on, on on the work. And finally, there's this point about handover, where you make sure that the client actually got what you did, understand the ins and outs, the potential limitations of what you've done, and and so on. Uh, so I hope that, that answers the question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the different lines of business that you offer, did you add those lines of business because they're synergistic to each other? Did you, you sort of... Um, Saw that after people sort of use one service, they progress to another service. How do you, and if not, how do you, how do you uh, find focus when you have sort of quite vastly different lines of business?
1: Uh, yes, on our end, I think yes, the four services are are very synergistic. Um, one, many of them are used by the same clients. But when you look at the stories, the following: first, you need information, so you will use research. Okay, you need information about a certain topic and so on. Then you need to process that information, potentially external information, but also your internal information that is analytics. And then when you have insights, you want to communicate. And this communication could be uh, graphic or uh, language. And then we offer these four services. By all means, that's what... It's for You chose to do, but brain showing can cover way more than that. It could be, as I mentioned before, in legal services. It could be in science. It's just a field that is that is starting to open up. And you know, I'm, I'm more than welcome if any listeners to this podcast have ideas on other services that could be considered uh, uh, brain showing.
0: Mm. That's fascinating, isn't it? And it, it's it's moving so. Uh, uh, sort of sophisticated that it's it's moving towards management consultancy, isn't it? it? It's sort of more the execution aspect of management consultancy, doing the the kind of data analysis and uh, things like that. It, it's you know, and and it, it it's a fantastic illustration of there's really no limit to what can and can't be done offshore and uh, taking advantage of of uh, the the global workforce. Um, but do you see this as sort of a natural progression to towards full management consultancy services?
1: Um, No, (laughs) the answer is no. Um, So we're getting very close in terms of skill sets, in terms of sophistication of of people and so on. It gets in very close. And by the way, one interesting thing is the people that live in for my new, most of them go into management consulting. But what management consulting can do that I don't think you could do in, in, in an offshoring setup is you will get a lot of client context so let let, let me explain if you want to to give a recommendation to a client about a strategy you can tell them okay this is the size of the country you're looking at this is a strategy of the competitors and so on but the one thing that is going to be difficult to do in an offshore setup is to get an intimate understanding of the client what are your capabilities what are the political games at the board level and so on, that requires more of that onshore presence uh, that that you wouldn't have. So you would work with management consultancies on the one hand and be providing all their uh, uh, support services. You could also work with all of the um, corporations in saying, either you want advice and go to the management consultancies and you'll get informal inside as the same way as you get you know intel inside uh, when you buy a computer uh, or you say what i need is actually i need a presentation to be made i need uh, uh, um, data i need um, an understanding of the market and then i can make my own decisions in which case you can hire you know the the brain joining company for directly so for me it's quite clear that there's there's a there's a difference between one and the other and and our clients are very clear about that as well the the the, the one thing about this this concept of brain shoring is um you know I've been doing for my new and was trying to come up with something that represented what we did. Our clients were very clear that we we're different from the other suppliers. They call themselves KPO and so on. And they came with that concept. And I truly believe that's the fourth uh, phase in, in the offshoring industry. Uh, but it's not, I don't own this term. The idea really is to see companies recognizing themselves in that concept, helping elaborate on it, uh, calling themselves etc. So cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, Please, on or to the listeners of the podcast, feel free to use the term. Feel free to contact me uh, to to help work on this, because if we can together create that new industry, I think that would be um, you know a, a really interesting challenge to do,
0: to to do. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's uh, it could be the next the next phase of of offshoring. And do you right. where is your client base? You typically, I. I it sounds like you focus a lot on the French-speaking countries and Europe. Do you also extend over to the US or you sort of look to have uh, time zone like near shoring? Uh,
1: so today our client-based are um, Europe middle east africa and america's for the most part Um, so we 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 work with very large global clients uh, work for more than 50 of the fortune 500 companies and work for all the global consultancies Um, and these firms are are global so uh, most of our invoicing goes to the us every month Uh, it doesn't mean that most of our users are in the us they are you know scattered between i don't know russia uh, pakistan india south africa france germany the uk the us and so on so it's a very very diverse uh, uh client base and and in the uh, as we started the business we we're focusing quite a lot on africa but now we've become global i would say we cover two-thirds of the world um and with the opening of malaysia next year then we will be uh, uh truly global
0: And what is your sales process like? It it must be hard to contact these companies and sort of explain what brain shoring is and then find them at the the point where they have a need for some sort of analytics. Uh, What is your sort of sales process like?
1: Um, it's, it's a good question. Uh, yes, sales is always, the, uh, always a challenge in, in any business. Um, on, on on our end, the, the, the entry point. So I was a consultant at BCG. Uh, my partner was at McKinsey. So the type of people that know about the services and know that these activities can be outsourced tend to be ex-consultants so we tend to network a lot with ex-consultants globally in whatever companies they are and they tend to be quite open to uh to hearing about what we do and 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 truly what we do is helping people and when you propose help to people so that they have you know better capabilities potentially a better lifestyle and, and 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 balance because when you think about the services we offer research design and so on are things that you do when you are at your desk and when you're a senior executive when Mm. you're a consultant you don't have that much time at your desk and generally it's starting you know six to eight pm in the evening or very early in the morning so when somebody knocks on your door says you're going to have that done for you with high quality at decent cost uh, they tend to be very open um, that has made our, our business quite successful uh, in the last uh, the last few years and with the stronger acceptance by the way of, of remote work uh, you know our, our growth has accelerated uh, this year we're 64 we percent higher than last year and we don't see that uh, that reason slowing so that's that's how we how we do it
0: yeah it really makes sense does not it because management consultants are paid enormous money. And it's notoriously, they work incredibly long hours, don't they? And it it just doesn't make sense that you're, you're utilizing these highly paid staff to do some of the, the functions that can be carried by uh, by an external team, by a specialized team. It, it just makes sense. Correct.
1: Correct. I, I think there's two elements. There's an element about uh, workload, and I don't think the new generation that are going into um, management roles in corporations but also into consulting are willing to accept working 16, 18 hours a day. And also there's an element about the skill set um, w- One point we illustrate in this uh, in this white paper is you know maybe 20 30 years ago, People were limited on the scope of what they were supposed to do by the tools they had. Your computers could not do everything. Your, uh, you know, your tools in your factory could not do everything, so you had to specialize. Now, with, with uh, you know, the cloud and so on, you can be versatile. You could have all the tools to do graphic design, all the tools to do research, tools to do data analytics, tools to do whatever, but can you grow your skill set uh, to do that no so at some point you want to focus on things you're really good at and get others to to do things in a, in a better way if you look at, at myself when I was a consultant I was supposed to design my slides and so on but I'm the worst at design I can't mix mm-hmm. two colors in a proper way you know and there are people that are way better than than I would ever be so there's so saving some some time but also getting higher quality by by you know using specialization and the fact that an offshoring company works with multiple clients will make them in many cases better than each of their clients taken separately because they learn from many more companies. Uh, So so that's also a a fundamental reason why I believe this activity will develop.
0: Absolutely. So these consultancies, typically, they're pretty flat structures. And then when you have a project, you have one or two people go on that project and they are expected to do everything for that project, are they? Like in terms of the, the research, the analytics, the presentations and everything. They don't have different departments within the consultancies that manage some of these things.
1: So it depends on the consultancies. Some of them are structuring themselves with very strong support functions, by the way, internal and outsource combined. All of them outsource some parts of, of, of the work and some think that it's good training for the juniors to do everything. Uh, and then the juniors uh, you know, are not super happy, tend to leave the company and so on. And I would say the top-notch, like the McKinsey's and BCG's and Bain and so on, tend to be those that have the support support systems. Uh, the, I would say the followers or not has much high-end like the big four, Tend to be you know in the thinking that the consultants should be able to do everything that's good training for them and mm-hmm. you know the partner has been through it so why not the genius today uh, but it's evolving it's evolving and, and and like in any business you want specialization you want focus it, it, it's proven by so many research papers that if you want to be successful in business you have to understand what are your core capabilities and focus on them Mm. Uh, which means uh, you know in the insights that you need to outsource what it's not your core capability um, so that's 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 uh, i think what what pushes that industry forward
0: yeah you would think that the management consultancies would appreciate that as well yeah, I, i'm i'm sure they would preach that to their to their clients and so your your ideal client then is the management consultancies and then also the kind of the fortune 500s that would Typically, call on these management consultancies to to manage, you know, parts of their research. Is, is that right? Uh, t-
1: uh, today, yes. Going forward, I think we'll broaden the scope. Um, you can think of several things. Um, think about, yeah, the large corporations. Typically, when it comes to data analytics, um, data analytics uh, will be done it's not something you will ha- ask uh, consultancy to do uh, but more and more companies produce more and more data so you know every company will need to to outsource that function another segment that is that is growing quite strongly is government um, governance tends to to uh, to miss some of these skills and 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 are willing to find efficiency because there is more and more pressure on their budgets and so on and need to be to be efficient so we see those uh, those segments developing quickly another segment that needs uh, th- those services a lot is the financial services industry uh, because banks have uh, a lot of pressure on the data For, uh, lately there is uh, an interesting topic around ESG you know all these um, you know social and uh, environmental constraints that there are and they need to who have information about the ESG status of their clients and so on. Uh, and that's a field that is completely completely new. Will they develop that internally or will they outsource it? Uh, I would bet it's gonna, it's
0: gonna be the latter. Yeah, fascinating. So, brain-shoring it is. And, uh... I recommend everyone uh, take a look at the white paper. And of course, I always recommend that people reach out and have conversations and phone calls. And I just think the potential to, to learn uh, and maybe incorporate some of these best practices into people's own businesses is so, so powerful. So, Martin, tell us, uh, give us the details. Where can they find you? Where can they find the white paper and how can they get in touch?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So uh, you can find me, uh, Martin Tronquist, on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can message me and also by email, I guess, uh, Derek, you'd be able to uh, to share the my email address on, on the notes of this episode. I'm more than happy to to have a dialogue around brainstorming. And, uh, you know, if uh, if somebody wants to learn more about the services, exchange ideas, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to, to do that.
0: Cool. Fantastic. And your email is, and of course, the website is inform Infomaneo. Sorry. And your your uh, your email is martin.tronquit@ at infomanio. infomanio.com.
1: It's I-N-F-O-M-I-N-E-O. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I really apologize for that pronunciation, Martin, but I'll, I'll no put problem. all of that in the show notes, of course. And uh, yeah, I rec- just recommend people reach out and have a conversation and, and learn. It's an incredible uh, world out there for, for services. Well done. Thank you, Martin. Thank you very much, Derek. That was Martin Tronquit, managing partner of Infomanio. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And if you want to ask us anything, then just send us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.